It is Monday, January 4th, 2021. This is episode 115 of the Get After It podcast. This is the Get After It podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Welcome in here to episode 115 of the Get After podcast. I am so stoked for today because... Well, not only do we have our guests, but this is the first Monday of 2021. And we have a, a not only just a phenomenal guest, somebody who uh, I've been intrigued with since I had a chance to connect with him in October. Uh, and he's been he's been a lot for me. He probably doesn't know how much he's meant for me just in the last two months with clearing up a lot of our journey, where our business has been headed. Um, and he's someone I really want to lean into. And I'm so stoked. I'm such a fan. I'm like a fanboy of what this guy has been doing. Uh, I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Travis Peters uh, and Travis, we met obviously through uh, traffic and funnels. We had a, uh, we're both, uh, well, you're, you're a coach within our, within our mastermind group. And it's been an absolute blessing to be able to work with you and the whole team, but specifically for yourself, Travis, I am like, I've been telling you, man, I'm like a fanboy of everything you've been putting out, what you're preaching, but the people that you serve. And I, and I was telling you our real purpose behind this podcast today is going to be for the folks who are kind of actually, despite it being the new year, it's the fourth of the year, uh, Mm -hmm. a stick in momentum, right? It's very easy to hate on the new year, new me. I'm going to set the goals. I'm going to burn the bridges. I'm only going to do this. And then it gets hard. It's very easy to just criticize that from the outside looking in and where you're going. I think that's who we're going to try to speak to here today. But either way, this is just what an awesome way to get started. Travis, welcome (laughs) to Get After Podcast, man. I'm so stoked to have you. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a ton of fun. I love stuff like this. Can you give me, because honestly, I, I know you, I, I, I joked with you, man. I was like, I know you as like the ads and funnels guy with Traffic and Funnels. If you guys, by the way, if anyone's watching this, doesn't know the company Traffic and Funnels, check them out. Travis is like the guy for Traffic and Funnels at the company of Traffic and Funnels. So I want you to jam though real quick. That's not a fair introduction. Can you give us like a Reader's Digest, a little bit of, uh, of who Travis Peters is? Who do you serve? What are, your, what, are your, what are your vehicles of service in the year of 2021? Give us a little bit of the rundown, my man. Yeah, absolutely. So started uh, 2010. Let me take you way back, but I'll keep it Let's quick. Let's do it. 2010. Um, or I'll, I'll start here. Even further back, I've always had the entrepreneurial spark, meaning I always knew that there was something out there that was better than the average, better than the status quo. Both of my parents who loved me and are dear and amazing, they both had jobs they hated for their entire lives. And I got to watch them. I mean, my dad would talk about his corporate career as the most soul-sucking time of his life. So even at a young age, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that. And I remember my mom telling me out of love that, hey, Travis, I think I was 14 or 15. And she's like, when you're about 16, you're going to need to get a job. And look, a job is just a part of life. You're not going to like it, but it's just a part of it. You get to enjoy your nights and weekends. It's just what you do. She's trying to prepare me. But I remember that speech. I remember it clearly. And I thought, that doesn't have to be true. I know there are people out there who enjoy what they do, enjoy their life. And sure enough, I got my first day job at 16 over at the Mazio's Pizza. And instantly, I was like, I don't like day jobs. Day one, I was like, this is awful. There's got to be a better way. And so from that point on, I was interested in business. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, later the four-hour work week. These books changed my trajectory. Mm-hmm. And as time progressed, I, was, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to make my own money, be an entrepreneur, be in control of my time. And in 2010, I launched an e-commerce business. I read the four-hour work week. I keep it on the shelf right here as a Vivid reminder of how much that book helped me. Read the four-hour work week, took action on what he said to do. I launched an e-commerce business and it was scrappy, man. I, I, I threw up a, a made-up website. I learned, taught myself. I, I didn't even have the physical products. The only way I knew how to get people's attention was cold email. So I cold emailed people until I made my first sale. And then I was like, I don't even have the product. It's still in China. And so I pushed through all that. I shipped one in, ended up being like a month before the person got it. 
it got lost in the mail. I had to send another one. Uh, all the, I mean, all the crazy that would get you to stop doing business. I had tried a bunch of stuff. I did, uh, I bought an ice cream truck. I had an ice cream truck here in town. I, I, I had a lawn business. Um, these are all the things that I've attempted and tried over the years simply because the pain of having a day job was there. And not even the pain of a day job. It's the pain of not having time freedom. Mm. I always had this vision. I don't know why this place, but in my mind, this is literally the vision. that I could go to the zoo on a Tuesday with my wife and my kids whenever I want. It's, it sounds funny, but that is the image that has driven me over the years. And I, obviously I can do that now. And I've done that exact same thing just to check the box. And it felt amazing. But I tell you guys that because, and this is going to sound, I know what this sounds like, but the adventure of it, the journey of it, it's fun. It's part of it. It's part of the fun. And so for those listening, that's like what I want to get into you guys as well is I used to get hung up on just thinking about the destination. And typically for us, we'll think like once I've made a million dollars, this whole like life, life change, I'm going to stop. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to vacation. I'm going to do all the things with the family and the wife. And, and I'll, once I get there, but here's what's super cool. I got this quote from Seth Godin about 2010 uh, when he said, instead of building your year and your life around the vacations you can take, why don't you build a life you don't need a vacation from? Mm. Yeah. That that Ooh. moved me. That's a quote yeah, that has literally right changed my trajectory. Damn. Um, and I honestly can say I've built that life. So what I do now, I, I coach um, in, in business and marketing and some different things like that. Uh, but what I really do is I have a program in Increase University where I teach you how to design this life you don't need a vacation from. And it's, it's, I'm a, a man of faith, so we back it up in scripture. Uh, we cover faith, finances, family, fulfillment, and fitness. And we help you design your day in a way that increases automatically. Every day better than the last. And it's, it's a fun life we get to live. And that's why I, when you give me a microphone like this, I would just want to go and go and go and go because I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about the message. I'm pumped about how we can help people. And uh, I get excited just talking on this topic. Ah, there it is. I love it. I should I should say this too, guys. Um, first of all, Travis is uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go into some of the, we're, we're gonna go into everything that he actually just broke down there. I should just plug in just uh, just in advance to get after a podcast. We're available wherever you get your podcast platforms. I should say this just because we are live on Facebook. We've got over a dozen people checking us out right now. Feel free to drop some questions. I can't say I'm gonna be like totally on it. I told Travis this, I'm gonna be in the conversation. And not so much on Facebook, but if you guys drop some questions, we're going to check them out. So if you guys are curious, if anything sparks your curiosity, uh, serious questions, like let, let's, let's bring them. Like let's, let, there's, you know, we, Travis, I used to talk about this with my, when I was uh, coaching young entrepreneurs, uh, we would, we would do the thing called the, the, the cool card. You know, when, when I would come in and we're trying to do a sales train, we're trying to do a marketing train, we're trying to do whatever it is. It's all based around mindset in the sense that, you know, you can easily get into the idea that. Uh, you are good. You're, you're, you're too good for this. Um, you are maybe subconsciously you're uncomfortable doing it and you're actually just adjusting to, you know what, I should go back to the comfort zone. Why would I do this? I'm uncomfortable with this. I got to push back on this. And what we say with the concept of the cool card is take that thing and shred it because you're not going to grow. So let's, let's, let's dive in deep here. Forget the cool cards because we're both really uncool people, right? We're the uncoolest guys <laughs> that you could meet to get started so here. Cool. So not cool. Now, what is for you though? Uh, what is the one thing when you when you were looking at uh, and, and when you work with entrepreneurs today? You have you have an uh, an awesome vantage points in working with entrepreneurs with all different ranges of revenue cycles, right? We have a lot of young entrepreneurs who listen to this, and it was an interesting question that was framed to us in a mastermind call we just had with the gentleman of Elite last week. It was like, I think Stefan actually brought it up. He said, you know, you know, you're an entrepreneur when you realize, you, you know, what's the amount of money you need for retirement? And there's no answer, right? Because we serve 
And that's, that's, that's what our passion, that's what drives us forward. So what, what are the biggest things? Because what I really want to get to here is for the young entrepreneurs that are listening to this, what are the key things that actually keep someone in the seat of momentum throughout the journey? Because we all know how much of a roller coaster this can be. And we also know how many people get knocked off on just that first dip. So yeah. I want to, I really want to dive in on this because I feel like this is really what you, this is what you speak to. Um, what, it, what are some of the pillars and the things that really that if, I, if I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm 20 years old, I'm green. It's my first business venture. Let's just say I did a little bit of revenue in 2020. I want to kick this thing into gear in 2021. What are the things that I need to work on in myself? What are the foundational pillars that I need to grow in myself that are actually going to build something that I can actually build from the ground up on it, if, if that's the sense for the word? Okay. I love that question. So, and, and I believe my answer will not be what most people would normally answer with. So, lean in, take some notes, listen to this. If you are looking to scale anything, no matter what level you're at, if you're looking to go to the next level, avoid any types of major revenue dips or momentum dips. There's a couple things that factor in. And I'm going to say this, I'm not going to start with this because my viewpoint has changed a little bit recently. Uh, in the context of that quote, talking about building a life you don't want to take a vacation from. I now, I really believe there is a power in, in building a business that you truly do love and enjoy. I have a business that I don't really love and enjoy. I have an e-commerce business. The one, I, the one I started back then, I still have it, but I have somebody else who runs it now. I've got, I've got marketing taken care of and I have somebody who takes care of fulfillment. So I don't need to even be in that. But if I'm starting over, if I'm in your position, I want to build something. Look at it this way. You want to build something you want more of. So right now, personally, I enjoy speaking like this. I can, I can, I can talk on stages. I can talk on podcasts. I can talk on YouTube. I can, I can do those things. Those are my jam. I like to go to Facebook Live. I love those things. I'm building something I want more of. That is so powerful when you do that. And I really want you to think about it. You guys might be in money-making opportunities that you don't love, and that's okay. You can still make some money, but I want you to know that it's hard to have longevity. Those dips are probably going to happen if you are in an opportunity that you don't actually want more of, if you're truly honest with yourself. Now, let me speak to you guys generally on this concept. Um, what you want to look at, here's what you want to look at. You need to dissect and dial in the activities that actually make you money. Not the activities that feel like they make you money or keep you busy. Let me ask you this, Aaron, does answering emails make you money? Just checking your email first thing in the morning, make you money. Absolutely not. Does, does checking your Instagram comments from yesterday make you money? Maybe if you're Travis Peters, probably not. <laughs> no. So look at, look at your schedule. Cause here's what's going to happen. I've, I've taught this, I've preached this. And once I get people to actually take action on what I'm teaching right here, the light bulbs go off. Everything shifts for you. Look at your time, look at your day. Mm -hmm. And see, how much of my time am I actually doing things that make me money? I had an old business partner. We did 65 grand in a month with our agency. The next month, we did like 20. And he's like, what, what happened? Where did all the money go? Why did we dip? Right. Like significantly. We took a step back and I'm like, well, it's, it's actually kind of obvious. We did not do, I call them revenue generating activities. We did not do the activities that generate us money in February, like we did in January. Look at January. Look how many calls we took. Look how many emails we sent. Look how many mm -hmm. uh, Facebook lives we did with a call to action to book a, a call with us. We were all over the place. Well, February, did we do those things? No, because we were exhausted from what we had done in January. There are revenue generating activities, but we did not do them correctly. We didn't do them in a way that, that empowers us. We did it in a way that drains us. And so this is what I see over and over again is 
you do activities that make you money and then the next month you don't. And then you, you get to this scary level financially and you run back in and you go do the activities you need to do. And then, and then it's good for a month, maybe two. And then it goes back down and you call it, oh, it's because of the summer and nobody buys in the summer. And then, and the truth is you didn't dial in your time. Mm. You didn't dial in your activities. You got all over the map. You let, you let emails tell you what to work on. You let angry clients tell you what to work on. You, you let other things dictate your success instead of you being in control of it. I, I can get, I can, get, I can rant on this for a long time. I know. Well, was I clear enough? Did I answer the question? No, you were, you were. And honestly, it pointed me to, I sent you this photo. I want to say like a week after the gathering, it was hilarious. I was reading uh, Benjamin Franklin's autobiography and he had in his thing, you remember this? So he had in his yeah. thing, his breakdown of his daily schedule. And it was, it was a damn near identical of what you had discussed at the con. I want you to actually go into that for, for, for the people listening here, because assuming they, they weren't at that conference, they didn't hear that. Can you go through how you, because what you just hit on there, I can't tell you how many, when I was running our painting business, I had over 200 people working underneath me and about a, about a seven or eight person executive management team. And all of those people had my number, right? So it was like 200 phone calls a day. I was forced to wake up early because nobody had the audacity to call, to call me between 5 and 7 a.m. That was the reason I started waking up at 5 a.m. It's the only time people wouldn't call me. But yeah. what I've recognized now, and I look back on everything, the biggest mistake is actually having my phone at the bedside. It's actually having the phone right there. So then I actually dive right into it immediately. And all of a sudden, I'm controlled. From the second I get up in the morning, I am controlled by another narrative. That's it. And not my own. I want you to hit on your routines because I know that's a powerful thing that you you discussed at the last conference. Let's go into that if we could, kind of how you start your day, how you structure your day, but specifically like how you position yourself to actually gain momentum on the things that generate revenue for your business, which is the most damn important thing that we got to do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to give you my schedule. I want you guys listening to this. I want you guys to, you don't need to model my exact hours, but you do, I do want to encourage you to model the intention behind how I schedule my time. All right. So one of the things, and I, and I could have said this earlier on your first question, but one of the things that I have to get across to anybody listening to this is the power of keeping your mindset and in, in faith, keeping your faith built up. So what happens to any human, and as I say this, you'll attest to it, is during the day, we go to battle, right? We go to war. We go to battle every day. It's the phone calls. It's the angry client. It's the winds. It's all the stuff. But all day long, uh, things are coming at us all day long. We have to be ready for that on the daily. Otherwise, we're going to get beat down beat down, beat down. And by the end of the day, you're gonna have your butt kicked. You compile that over weeks time, over months time, over a year time, and you are not gonna hit your goals. In fact, you're probably either gonna stay where you're at or go backwards, right? So knowing that, I, I think about a scripture in the Bible that talks about putting on the whole armor of God, it's in Ephesians. And in that scripture, it talks about there's a, there's a helmet, there's a chest piece, there's stuff for your feet. Like it covers all of you. And I was reading that one time and I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, I, when I was reading it, when does a warrior put on his armor? Before the battle. When I had that revelation, I was like, yeah, every, you need to get up. So I started getting up earlier. And just like you, Aaron, there's times where I was like, okay, here's as early as I can get up. And I was like, man, I can't get everything done I need to if I get up then. I got to figure out how to get up earlier. So over the years, I've, I've pushed it back, but I like to get up at four. When you get up at four, some cool things happen. It's dark outside. It's quiet. No one's, no one's, no one's vying for your attention yet. I heard one guy put it, you wake up before fear even exists. Fear starts coming around about 7 or 8 a.m. when your phone starts ringing and the texts and the Facebook messages and the emails and the clients. But you get up before that, 
So I can get up at four. I'll uh, spend some time reading the Bible. I'm going to build up my faith. I'm going to go over the stuff that God's promised me and that how he's made us more than a conqueror. I believe that we're, we're here to win and to dominate in this life. And I've got countless scriptures to back it up. I go over those things. Spend a little time with God. I'll think. I'll ask him for some direction. Hang out with the guy. He's guided my entire life by doing this. And I'm telling you, I have a great life. I enjoy my life. And it is credited to the times I spend in the morning. So I do this daily. I don't get up at four, seven days a week. But the first, I do get up early seven days a week. I do not sleep in. And I spend the first portion of my time, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half with the Lord. Then usually about 5.30, I might switch over. Um, I might do some, some mindset stuff. I might be learning some different things uh, on mindset and how I think, how to think bigger, how to make sure I'm thinking positive, not negative. So first thing, I'm working on my spirit. Then I'm working on my mind. Then I might do a little bit. I personally don't have a super rigid workout plan. Um, I do. I, I call it micro workouts. I've got a little stair stepper machine and I got a little thing. I might just do literally two minutes, break a little sweat, get the, get the heart pumping, weaponize my body is what Garrett White calls it, weaponize your body. And then I'll come back over and I might do those three or four times a day, a little micro workouts throughout the day. And then I will come in and I will start working on my revenue generating activities. And the goal is to get your RGAs done before the sun comes up at least get a good streak going on them before people can mess with you i think what we do a lot of times that's a major mistake for our momentum and our progress towards our goals is that we wake up and we let everybody else tell us what to do to dictate us like you said open up those emails and then that angry client says, you need to change this thing on my website right now because it's blah, blah, blah. And then you got to go do it. But while you're doing that, you found out there's a, there's a bug and you can't get the logins. And then you got to go back to them for the login. And then it's just next thing you know, it's noon. And then you got lunch. And the next thing you know, it's two o'clock and you're exhausted. And you didn't do a thing to move the needle in your business today. So my concept is we're going to take the most important things in life and put them at the front of our day. You can get to your emails. At two o'clock, they'll wait for you. They're on your time. You're in control of your day. Your business, Aaron, your business is actually here to serve you. We say it's to serve other, serve people, and it does that. It does that. That is a byproduct. Yes, absolutely. We make an impact and help people. But if your business does not serve you as the entrepreneur, there's no longevity to it. You'll quit it. It'll be miserable. You'll feel You'll be just like, why not let's go get a job? I'm a slave to my business. You can be a slave to the calling that's on your life. That's different. It's like, I got to get up and I got to help people. If I, I know, I know if I don't post something today, somebody's going to stay miserable. I'm letting y'all, I'm just going to let some of that just kind of sink in. I know I just gave y'all a mouthful. I think it's also interesting. I, I, I keep thinking on the, uh, the uh, for, for me, it's the brilliance behind the, R, the, the RGAs, the revenue generating activities, because we get so caught up in, well, uh, client fulfillment is an RGA, or I could go down the line. There's so many things that hypothetically through one route or another do impact the bottom line but they really don't, right? They really don't. Because if we don't do X, Y, and Z, we know we will not have, well, ABC. You could go down the line. So, so for you though, real, real quickly, just to, just to wrap on this uh, for, your, for your morning, how, how, how did you get to the realization that you were letting, like how, because for me, like when I got into the 4am club, it's like, you never want to go back because it's ridiculous. It's addictive. You, you have the time to it yourself is. and you're, and you're investing in yourself from, from that. How do you, 
And, and how, I guess, how, how did you get to that? Was there like a breakthrough moment that you had where you were just tired of this? You, your business was running you down or was mm-hmm. it a, or was it a moment from like, did you come out, did you get to this from a point of weakness or did you get from this from a point of strength? Like, were you on a hot streak and you were feeling great and you were looking to be better or were you lost and looking for something more? Yeah. Great question. So there was kind of two things that led me to the earlier mornings. One was literally probably 15, 16 years ago. Uh, at my ch- I go to a great church. I have a very high level. My pastor is a very high level guy. You know, he coaches other pastors. He's, he's a, just a legend of a man. And I remember him saying, uh, if you want to change your life, if you want things to get better every single day, just get up 30 minutes earlier, spend 15 minutes in the word, spend 15 minutes praying. And I, I, there are certain people in my life where I, if they give a instruction, an instruction like that, I just say, yep, I'll do that. So I've done that. Uh, as time progressed, I'd get back, go, uh, scoot that time earlier and earlier. Cause just like you said, it's addicting. I've cra- like, I'm already excited about tomorrow's 4am right now. That's how much I like it. Uh, the second part to your, to your question, second answer is it was a little bit out of when, when the revenue generating activities and, and all that dialing in, optimizing my schedule, optimizing my time, it happened because it was those painful moments where it's like, man, what did I even do today? You put your head on the pillow and you're like, what did I even do? That, like part of my mission, I think, is to eliminate that phrase from people's minds so they never have that that thought again, what did I even do today? Tony Robbins talks about how progress equals happiness. And as an entrepreneur, I've, I've fully bought into that. I want to make progress every single day. So when I had enough days in a row where I felt like I didn't make progress, that's when I got introspective. And I'm like, what am I doing with my time? And over the years, every, every high performance type person says you should do a time study. You need to track your time. And I never did it because I was always like, ah, like I, I got, like, I think I know, like I can do it in my head. You're laughing. You probably had the same thought uh, until a buddy of mine was like, you got to do it, bro. He was like, here's what happens when you do it. He's like, I did it. I was resistant at first. I did it. And what it does is one, it's going to open your eyes because what you think you're doing with your time is inaccurate. No matter what, it's just inaccurate. You need to get clarity on where your time's going. You're, in a, you're a time investor. How are you investing your time? And then he said, the other cool part is when you do track your time for the days, do it for a week, it will cause you to be more productive because you know you're recording it. So you're not going to, like, instead of time where you could go cruise Facebook or social, you're going to be like, no, 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 I'm going to work because I'm recording this. And so I did it. He talked me into it. I did it. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. No wonder I'm not further along. I'm not doing things that make money. Like me hopping on, like you said, client fulfillment, you hopping on a Zoom call with a current client and talking things out does not make you more money. Yes, it's a part of your business. Got to do it. But the problem is when we think doing those activities are going to move the needle, you convince you deceiving yourself. They don't move the needle. They maintain what you have. Important, but not the most important. And you need to recognize that about your business. You need to de- design and structure your day around the things that move the needle. I get, uh, yeah, I got preach mode again. It's going to happen. It's good. It's good. It's good. We're going to keep going. More preaching. Hey, uh, to, before we move on from this, I, uh, I was just writing down here because you have a... Um, amazing family, amazing wife. I was going to say again, thank you so much for volunteering time to be with our audience here on the Get After a Podcast when you, you could be doing a thousand other things. So I really appreciate it, Travis. I was, I was going to say Absolutely. though for you, we're hearing all this. I'm imagining somebody listening to this and hearing this. Oh my gosh, Travis, like, yeah, I'm going to optimize every second of every day. I'm going to do all this amazing stuff. How do you unplug? What do you do to make sure that you're not burning the candle too, too much? What do you do to unplug? What do you do to make sure that you're recharged and ready to go? Dude, I love this. It, it is a more simple answer than what most people give. It, the kind of the key to this increased life that I described is consistency. 
when I get up every day at four, usually, like I said, from four to 5.30 or six or so, is usually just me hanging out with God. To me, that recharges and unplugs me. And because I do it daily, I don't get to a spot. I call it hospital mentality. I don't get to a spot where I'm like desperate to unplug and I got to get away and this whole thing's a mess and I'm stressed and overwhelmed. I actually don't get there. It's similar to the thought of I've created a life I don't need a vacation from. I'm building things I want more of. I'm spending daily time unplugged in the morning. And I unplug at night too. So part of part of the routine is a, we get our kids in bed about eight o'clock. And then from eight to 10, I'm hanging with the wife. We connect every single night. And then we go to bed together. And then I get up at about four. And it's a blast. Uh, we have the weekends. I don't work on Sundays typically. I mean, uh, I really just take one, I make sure I have at least one full day a week where I don't work. And that's usually gonna be a Sunday. Saturdays, I might work till 11, maybe till noon sometimes. But other than that, I mean, I get a lot of family time. Um, that evening time is downtime for me. I'm, I can unplug as far as um, I don't carry the weight or worries or concerns of the day with me into the evening. That's separate. I'm working here at my home office. That stuff can stay in this room when I leave that door. It's all about the family. So as far as unplugging, I don't play golf. I don't have like hobbies, to be honest with you. Like my hobbies is learning more about marketing and stuff I enjoy, uh, which is awesome because it also makes me more money at the same time. So when I build, I, I build in that stuff, that time to your day. See, a why a lot of people need to unplug, Aaron, if we're being real, is because they gotta be at a, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to get riled up. They gotta be at a day job they hate at 9 a.m. So guess when they wake up? 8.20. Yeah, I lost your audio. Did you mute yourself? You're muted. You're good. Yeah. You're they, good. I was, gotta I was gonna say they wake up at. I was gonna say they wake up at five because they're sleeping for the whole day working on somebody else, and then they get back, <laughs> and then that's their only time for them. Seriously, but no, I get what you're saying. They wake up right before they got to get to work. Hundred mm -hmm. percent. You got. You got to be working nine. You wake up at eight twenty. You go to a job you don't like for eight hours. You go eat some junky fast food in the middle of the day that slows you down, drains your energy, and slowly hurts your body. And then you get home. And you're like, hey, now the family's ready to, to party and hang out, which is cool. But I didn't get any alone time either. I didn't get any me time. And so you go, basically, you're going from 8 a.m. You go to bed at midnight. You get too little sleep. You wake up again at 8.20. And you just repeat this mess that you're not excited about. That's dragging you down, killing your soul a little bit every single day. Yeah, you need a vacation. I would need a vacation from that. Absolutely. A lot of people, and, and I know a lot of people listen to this are entrepreneurs, or you're still in your day job and you're trying to become a full-time entrepreneur. Think about all this stuff I'm saying and put it together, no matter where you're at, whatever station you're in right now. Because even if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner, you still could be falling into the same trap I just described. Maybe it's a little bit different. I had a lawn business. Well, I thought I was, I was like 19. I thought it was all cool. Had all these lawns, had two other people working for me, but really I just had a day job because I was mowing all the lawns myself and I was getting all the jobs myself and I was doing all the money and I was doing all the things. It was just another job and you could fall into that exact same trap I just described as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I need a vacation from that. Well, you're not getting yourself alone time in the morning and time working on your spirit and then time working on your mind and then time working on your business, things that make you money and, and building something that you want more of something you enjoy doing that's fun, passionate about, excited about. And then at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just as pumped about going to hang out with my family as I am going to work. So I, I go home, you know, I get done working at five or whenever I, I have it set for that day, four o'clock, five o'clock. And I'm like, yo, let's go hang out with the fam. They're a blast. This is going to be awesome. So I get to live in this cool place of like genuinely excited. I'm excited to get up at four and spend time with the Lord. I'm excited to get to work at 5.30 or 6. I'm excited to go hang out with my family after that. 
that, that in that life I'm just I'm describing is not a fluke or coincidence or because I'm special. It's literally because I designed my day, I designed my time in a way that brings that life about. It, it's all, it can't not bring it about. It's automatic. And that's what I teach and preach. It's like anybody can design their life this way. I love that. Let, let, let's actually, let's stick on that train. I was just thinking in terms of our audience, a lot of young entrepreneurs, young professionals, especially for uh, young professionals who just out of college, getting into their first gig. I think one of the craziest things we always used to talk about with, uh, uh, we, we, well, it's, it's, it's strange because I have two, I have bunch of different friend groups and different different past experiences one of them with my student painter group of people i used to coach and mentor uh, they're all crushing it right now because they they all have sales experience they have they've, they've got the soft skill reps they're only 20 21 22 they're entering the job market there's jobs there for them there's a lot of people coming out of school with less practical experience they're struggling right now because well just there's 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 you know corporations everybody put a pause on everything that doesn't solve immediate problems i want to talk to the person who's in a position where they're at a job where they don't love it, they don't want to be there long term, but you know what pays the bills, they're okay, they're kind of they're listening to this and they're like, you know, I don't really even aspire to be an entrepreneur, but you know what I love the get after mantra I listen here for the motivation the energy whatever the case is I want you to speak to them real quickly what's the what, two questions. How do you go about identifying a leader of a company that you would want to work with. Like, what are the qualities you look for if you were to work with somebody and work in leadership? What are the qualities that are essential for somebody who, whether they have aspirations to be an entrepreneur or not, what are the essential qualities of leadership? And then kind of part B to that is how do you assess that? And then the second thing is really, it might actually all play into one is really like, what kind of skills are the most vital for young professionals, people under the age of 30, just getting in their first one, two, three, four reps, whatever the case is in their gigs. What are some skills that they should really try to focus in on in that new gig or their existing gig and how can they develop those? So real, real briefly, just okay. how do you identify great leadership that you want to jump in on and be able to build with them? How do you identify that that's a good fit for you and uh, really building out your skill set from there? I know it's a kind of a big, ugly question, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. I think you can handle it. Okay. You might have to uh, rein me back in and make sure I answer part B, but because I do have a good answer for part B as well. So, Part A, looking, looking at what leadership you'd want to, and another way, maybe put it like attach yourself to, that'd be a good way to put it, is I look for, so I want to see somebody who ideally has the same core values as me and is also levels, multiple levels above me and where I want to go. So if I was starting over and I was like, okay, I, I got to go just for now, whatever, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go climb this ladder. Or again, if you're not trying to be an entrepreneur, what I'm looking for is I want somebody who I can aspire to be. And it's going to be in an industry that I enjoy and that I want to learn more in. So again, it's building something that you love. Like if you went and, and uh, I used to be in insurance and this was eight years ago, 10 years ago, I used to be in insurance and my leaders have the same core values as me. Like they're Christians. They were entrepreneurs. They had successful businesses. They also uh, bought lots of real estate. I think they owned like 120 houses at the time and were buying four, five, six, seven a month, buying apartments, all these things. So, and they're young. I mean, they're literally like two years older than me. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, they've built a, a pretty successful company, multiple locations. And then they're taking that money and putting it into real estate. They're Christians. That's the kind of person I want to learn from. I want leadership. Like I want them as my leaders. I can learn from those guys. And again, same core values. It'd be different is if they were like doing shady stuff and, and didn't, you know, that sort of deal. But here's two guys. I wasn't necessarily excited about insurance, but I saw that they could help me get to where I wanted to be. Financial freedom, building a business and that sort of thing. So that was what I would look for in leadership, and I'm going to swerve this in, we'll tie it all together, but um, part B, you said something to the effect of what skills do they need to be acquiring? What should they learn? I would look at it like this. Skill set is involved, but more so, I think, would be bring in a ownership 
mentality, an ownership mindset when you come to your company, whether you work for them now or you're looking for a new place. Here's, here's what I mean by that practically is I came into this insurance company and I took on internally, I took on this viewpoint that I'm going to be a consultant. I'm going to come in this place. And if I owned it, here's what I would do. When I came into that place with that mindset, all of a sudden I saw all this opportunity to help them make more money, to help them save money, to restructure how they operated, to totally change things. So when I walked in, I was a manager in three months. We went from two locations to seven locations almost overnight. He put me in charge of uh, opening two new stores. I went and opened those two new stores in a city that was a couple hours away. I instantly got promoted, all these different things, because I walked in with the mentality of, what would I do if I owned this place? It wasn't a skill set. In fact, I don't think I had any skill sets, per se, that would help me in that situation. But when I came in from that viewpoint, I'm a consultant. I'm going to come in and make this place better. I helped them restructure on how... Uh, we even interact with customers. I helped restructure how we did the sales part. Hey, if we word it this way, people are going to say yes a whole lot more. Hey, if we use these programs, it's going to make things easier. There was one day, take this, guys, do, do what I'm about to tell you. There was one day uh, when I was, I was there in the office, it was kind of slow. And I just said, you know what? I don't know what spurred this on, but I just started looking into all these monthly expenses that the company had because I was thinking like an owner like a consultant. And I went in and I saw, man, how much are we spending on our printers every month? How much are we spending on ink? How much are we spending on paper? How much are we sending on our voicemail system? How much are we sending on the, the phone, the whole phone and internet deal? I looked at that. I saw the numbers because an owner would look at those numbers. I got those numbers. I went without my boss even knowing, called four different places in four different categories of the business. And in like, 45 minutes, I'd saved him $1,200 a month by switching to a new ink thing, a new phone system. I got, we had a voicemail team that answered the phone for us, like uh, a call center. I got rid of them and replaced it with a voicemail system. And so I just turned to my boss one day. I was like, hey, I just saved us 1200 bucks. If you give me permission, I'll pull the trigger on these four things. Do you think he loved me? Do you think he gave me a raise and a promotion? Do you think he gave me another raise two weeks later? Do you think he put me over two stores? Yeah. I think also- That's the skill set. You come in like the mindset of a rainmaker. How can I make this place better? Yeah. How, can I make the, how can I make the guy, the owner more money? Because remember, you've aligned yourself with this guy. He's got the values you, you like. He's, got, he's at levels you want to be at. Let's go. Let's go help this guy. I took on that mindset. And I'll say this, the next thing I implemented was they were barely using a website. So I said, hey, if I go get us a website built, will you pay for it? And then I'll manage it and I can have $10 for every new insurance policy that comes in through the website. He's like, sure. I made that idea up. I proposed it to him. I didn't know how to build websites. Found a guy, buddy of mine, built a website. Uh, next thing you know, that thing's making me more, almost more money than a normal paycheck. So here I am the highest, per, highest paid person in the company because I'm getting my normal salary plus commissions plus bonuses from this new website lead generation system I invented. Woo. And then when I, even when I quit, that thing paid me for like four years after I'd quit working there. You see what I'm saying? That's what we're coming in, we're bringing in. That's like, I don't care where you work, you come in with that mentality versus Oh man, I hope this guy pays me. My boss is a jerk. Oh man, this place sucks to work for. Uh, like, right? You come into like this negative combative thing. I'm like, no, I'm here to help my boss. It's my teammate. How can I help this guy crush it? Consequently, I crushed it as well because I came in with that mindset. Ooh, I, I, love, I have two, two bullets written down. I have people over the what and the how right? Really finding in the people that are going to be best in terms of developing you as a future leader or as an existing leader. And I think you just proved a point too. It's like, you don't have to have leadership in your title to take ownership of the things that matter because mm. 
that was the, what I just took out. That was just the ownership mentality. And it, it reminds me, I'm just thinking of every entrepreneur. One thing that they absolutely preach is how valuable loyalty is. Somebody who's working with them and the loyalty factor of, of somebody who's, who's there. A great way to demonstrate loyalty is by taking ownership of something that's on paper, not yours, but you yeah. are a part of, and it is a reflection of who you are because you're part of it and you're contributing your time, your energy, and in a lot of ways, more than our time and energy to just that job. I mean, think about a, a nine to five is 40 hours a week. Where is that time going? You know, what's the big vision? So I think our leaders can take a lot out of this too and how to foster an ownership mentality within their organization, how to look for people like that. I wanna make sure I really hit on this, Travis, super generous of your time. Uh, we wanna make sure we stick to schedule here. I wanna I want ask you, what is the increased life? What, what, is the, what is the mythology behind that? We were talking about the five Fs uh, before we hopped on. Hopped on. Uh, you have an awesome Facebook group, which I have just begun to start taking a look at. And I actually, I met some amazing people through Elite and just through the, the mastermind. It was one thing I was, uh, I was uh, during, during this whole journey with COVID and quarantine, I realized, you know, my, my, my connection with faith has been totally out of bounds, totally just way out of whack since really, since I moved out of the house, really, really since high school. Right. And, I, uh, Corey Carlson, just to give him a shout out and a lead really put me on. I was like, Corey, how, like, where do I even start? And he said, you know, the book of John story of Jesus, go look at it. That's where you start. And from there, I love, I'm a big mafia guy, big mob guy. I listen to like all the podcasts and Michael Franchese, one of the uh, highest level yeah. surviving mob guys. He's a huge, huge believer. Uh, some of the sermons are on podcasts. And one of the things he talked about was just the 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 proverbs of solomon and in going in and actually looking at proverbs it's like holy cow this is yeah. this is powerful and one thing i wanted to ask you because you just shared this you shared a you're quoting a four, uh i think it was 425 earlier today but i want to ask you do you do you do you use proverbs do you match it to the day of the day of the month do you do one through 31 and read one every month that's why that's why i figured because okay. brad Hart. Brad Harmsworth told me that method. And that's what I, that's a new resolution for me is to read a proverb every day that matches the day of the month and where it matches. I want to ask you though, what is the increased life? Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, and who is it a fit for? Tell us about the Facebook community. Let, let, let's go in on this stuff. Cause I, I really, I really love what yeah. you're preaching, man. I absolutely love it. I appreciate that. So the, the increased life. Um, so each, each of us, everybody listen to this. You've got, you, you got to own this. You have an assignment while we're down here like the bible talks about we're here to serve our generation so i look at it, i got this window gap i think i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna live 100 years like that's just a great timeline 100 years i can serve my generation i got 100 years i got a window i got a gap i got this time to fill how are you gonna fill it well i think we're all praying asking god seeking about this like what am i here to do what's my mission and Mine, the phrase that I've been given is teach my people how to increase. Teach my people how to level up. And one of the things that has stood out to me over the years, as I've gotten more you know, plugged into my church uh, over the last 17 years, uh, diving into faith, getting into the word every single day, spending time with God every day, is in that book, man, in the Bible, there is, it's overwhelming the amount of promises that God's made to us that we are to win, that we are to go above, that we are better than average, that we've got some impact to make and we can do it in a big way, a noticeable way, a fun way. We can do it with style and we can make a difference and have a good time while we're doing it. Yet, I see so many Christians, even non-Christians, but so many Christians just getting their butts kicked every day, just struggling. And, I'm, and, and the reason I get passionate about the increased life is, guys, it is, it is a, as literal as you can take it. If I can do it, so can you. Like, I don't have anything special. I did, actually didn't even grow up in church. I didn't start going until I was, I think, 15. I, I didn't grow up in church. My parents didn't raise me as Christian or anything. Uh, my parents weren't entrepreneurs. Parents aren't like financially successful or anything like that. Like I didn't come from money. Like I literally have, I didn't go to college. Like I literally have all the strikes against me. Yeah, I've been able to build this life that is a ton of fun. And I want to help other people live it because it's possible for any of you guys to. 
And that's, that's my mission. As I'm out here teaching people how to increase, like the stuff I've dropped on you today is just my stories. But if you take them and dissect them, like the one I just gave about the insurance company, I just showed you guys how to increase. He gave me like, I made so much money that, it, I mean, it was like, it was not like I owned it, but it was kind of getting in that realm. And I, I don't have a college degree. I don't have any of the things that other people have. It's just because I designed my life this way. I started my day every day with God. I believe like the Bible says, I believe like the Bible says I can have certain things. So I believe it. It says every day can get better than the last. So I believe it. It says that God can do bigger than anything could ever ask him for or even imagine. So I believe that. And as I've lived my life this way, I'm seeing the fruit of it. And now I'm like, hey, this is good. I'm talking to a lot of people. I coach a lot of people. I mentor a lot of people. I just have conversations with a lot of people. And I can look at their life and I can be like, that's not that good. There's better out there. Let me show you how to get it. And that's what the increased life is all about. My, my group, if I can do a plug, just go to theincreasemethod.com. It's the increase method. This is my formula. This is my framework. It's going to get you in my free group. It's where I teach this stuff a little bit deeper. We can, we can dive in on this a little bit more. We can show you how to actually execute on these things um, because there is frameworks to follow. There's formulas for getting unstuck. There's formulas for creating momentum in your life. There's formulas for designing your day so it delivers to you the life that you want. So let's get after it. There it is. We had this mission. We, we, we wanted to make sure that we were coming in here for the people who are lagging coming into uh, the new year, maybe in a little bit of debt, a little bit of a hangover from 2020, debt, not just monetarily, debt financially, debt mentally, debt, you know, we're, wherever you're at, you're lacking a little bit. We hope that you built, uh, I really hope that you, like me, were built up during this, during this moment. I want to make sure I stick the time. Uh, I freaking appreciate you like crazy, Travis. The increase method dot come. That's where you guys got to go. I have like so many more things I'm going to need to talk to Travis about, and we're going to have to invite him back the next time he's on the pod circuit, because my goodness, this was freaking awesome. Let us know what you thought about it. Drop a review on the Get After It podcast. You guys can find this, obviously, for the people on Facebook, Get After It podcast. If you guys love what you hear, we have awesome guests like Travis each and every week, in addition to short, sporadic rants for myself about, about leadership, about motivation, about energy, optimism, uh, I like to have fun with that and usually try to keep the episodes under about 10 minutes long. So go check it out. Available wherever you get your podcast. The Get After It Podcast. Last question for you, Travis. Man, what are you trying to manifest in 2021? In real, 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 real short, real short. What's the big manifest that you're pushing towards? And we'll wrap this. Man, it, it's acceleration. Acceleration. Go. I want to go faster. I want to have a bigger impact. I want to go a life of increase, but let's go to new levels. Not incremental I want to have quantum leaps. I want to accelerate and I want to go faster than ever, further than ever. You guys follow up with myself and Travis and his new group. Go check it out, theincreasemethod.com. That's it. We're out. This has been the Get After It Podcast, episode 115. Travis, really appreciate you volunteering your time. I know this is going to be a huge impact on some others. Really appreciate your time, boss. All right. Love you guys.